Hey there, before I start this episode, I just want to say that if you are not familiar with the sailing world and the sailing words and terms, it can be a bit hard to follow this conversation. So I created a glossary and added to the description of this episode. Just go there, check it out, and this will help you follow this conversation better. Have fun! Hello and welcome to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today, I have a very special guest here with me. His name is Hugo, aka The Sailing Frenchman. I actually, I'm meeting Hugo for the first time, but I know him for, for some time by following his YouTube channel. He is quite an interesting YouTube channel about sailing. And today we'll be talking about his journey. Hey Hugo, thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you for, for calling and, uh, and thanks a lot for the, for the interview. No worries. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, really a pleasure to meet you. Um, I would like to first ask you to introduce yourself to the, to the listeners. All right. Uh, well, my, as you said, my name is uh, Hugo. I'm uh, 31 years old. Uh, I'm from France. I grew up in the, in the Pyrenees, which is in the south of France. Uh, I grew up more uh, skiing and, and kayaking, so more, more in the mountains uh, side of things. Um, but then, uh, I, so I studied uh, business and trade, and um, and uh, well, because I went to study in uh, Montpellier, which is by the seaside on the Mediterranean, um, I had sailed a little bit as a teenager with friends, but I kind of reconnected there more and started to sail uh, a little bit more often. And uh, from that point onwards, it became uh, it became a little bit of a of a hobby and uh, and and quickly I, I got some um, sailing degrees so I could I could work at the same time so I had kind of a, a normal work and then every time I had holidays I was going to work uh, as a skipper right and this for for a few years and uh, and then at some point I just switched from sailing being my side job to being my full-time job and being full-time on the water and uh, and since two years now, a bit more than two years, then I moved from cruising towards uh, towards racing. So yeah. Right. Well, it's really an interesting story. How did you prepare to do the shift between having like a what it's called a normal job and to just focus in sailing? Well, so um, the I was having a day-to-day -day job which wasn't that that much day-to-day uh, -day. I was working for the UN so working in uh, in different countries and uh, and I had this small boat that I had bought in uh, when I was in university that was sitting there and I knew I you know I, I had to do a project with that boat and do something with it and um, and so basically I had the idea of crossing the Atlantic with the boat but also to cross the Atlantic you need to uh, you know the boat was really old not properly maintained so I needed to do a big refit, etc. So I knew that I needed some, you know, a certain amount of money uh, to do this and time. Right. And so I tried, you know, to work, made myself sometimes, but then uh, I had a motorbike accident. So I had, you know, no money anymore. So once I recovered, I went to work again. So it's just about, you know, finding some money and some time to kind of do the switch and right. uh, from the point I started refitting the boat I took six months to refit the boat and then I left right. and um, and so once you you're gone it's about fine you know having enough money to keep traveling so I will before leaving I made sure I had you know a, a sailing degree 
with which right. I could uh, work as a skipper. Because once you reach the Caribbean or even in the Mediterranean, it's pretty easy to find work, you know, on boats. Okay. So that was kind of my plan. Get okay. the boat ready, leave, and then make sure I had uh, a solution uh, right. to uh, to carry on traveling and, and, and living like this. Yeah, it makes total sense. So you first financed your project with your with your job. Yeah. And then you made sure you had a backup plan as a skipper. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah, if there was one. And then... I guess you you decided to start vlogging. You started your YouTube channel. Did you know that it would get this big? Was it intended? Did you already wanted to make money with it, or it was just a, you know a hobby project? Well, no. It's um, at the beginning. It was really to show my friends and family a bit, you know, what I was doing with that boat, and uh, and also at the beginning, I had a few friends who gave me, you know, hundred hundred dollars. And you know, just to give me a hand to uh, right. to get the to get some material, to get some parts, and and things like this. So it was more for for them, and you know, to show a little bit what uh, what I was doing. And right. That's also why uh, really often people ask me why I did it in, in in English from the from the beginning. And it's really because you know, I had been when I started refitting the boat, it it was already. I think six or seven years I was living abroad and my friends right. were Spanish, French, Portuguese, you know, yeah. all, all kind of um, all kind of nationalities. And at the end, it's it's uh, English language, which kind of gathers us together. So yeah. that's why I, I was doing it in, uh, in English. And um, well, I never really thought of it uh, as a thing to make money. And right. it's a good thing because I'm still not making money out of it. <laughs> so basically, I get uh, so now that you know it, it gets some engagement and everything, I get a few hundred dollars a month uh, out of publicity. But you know, if I divide the time I spend uh, editing, yes, compared to what I earned, I cannot really say that. I'm making any money <laughs> you know it's uh it it ends up being like one or two uh euro per hour uh of work oh, so okay so it's more uh so i, I never w looked at it as something that uh, i could make money out of and for a long time i was like okay i don't know what this will be use useful for but right. i think one day it will be useful for something so I'll right. just carry on doing videos, doing, you know, videos that people enjoy and like looking and that I enjoy doing as well. So here you, you are putting a lot of effort, right, in this YouTube channel and you are sailing with the boat. It's called Anale, right? Yeah. Yep. And you're sailing around the world and you are financing yourself from your skipper side job. So it's because sometimes you just do a skipper gig. You'd get yeah, money exactly. that would finance yeah. you for the next few months. Yeah, right? definitely. And was that stressful? Because I know that, okay, there's always someone wanting a skipper either in the Caribbean or in the Mediterranean. But, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, shit like COVID can just pop up, right? So was it something that would come up in your mind? Like, what if I don't find a gig? Like, nah, how, how really. much buffer money would you also keep? Um... <sighs> Uh, this buffer money, I don't really know. I, I just know that, um, no, it, it wasn't something stressful, that's for okay. sure. Uh, I mean, I'm lucky to have, you know, a degree. I'm lucky to, I speak three languages. I can, I have a sailing degree. 
um, you know, I do a little bit of uh, photography of, you know, I know my way around the computer and things like this. So all these together, I knew that, you know, whatever happened, I could, you know, uh, find some work to do. Right. So that was never really a, a worry. Uh, and I also know that all the time I spend in the Caribbean, etc. Um, I, I was never worried not to find a job as a skipper. And also, you know, wh when you leave really kind of low key on your boat, um, you, you don't spend much. Yeah, you barely spend a thousand uh, euro a month. It's more around. So it depends. You know, if you have something that breaks, you need to keep, you know, a little bit of money for when the, the shit hits the fan. But um, but on the day to day, it's, you know, if you don't go too much to the bar and everything, you don't spend much money if you have a small boat. Yeah. So basically, let's say, let's say a 1000 euro a month. Mm -hmm. That's what you make more or less in one week of work of charter in most companies. Yeah. So, you know, that so put things a little bit into perspective. This gives you a lot of freedom. Cool. And um, so going back to you, the, the channel, did you immediately start getting some traction? Did you immediately start getting some users? Did it take time? How did that go? Um, no, it, take, it, took, it took quite some time. I think I started in like March 2017. Yeah. Um, and when I was getting ready for the Transat, which was in February 2018, I remember that I was uh, asking my friends, I needed to get over, I think, 1,000 subscribers because there was some change in the YouTube partnership program uh, agreement. Right. And uh, so I really needed before, I, I can't remember the day, exact date, but uh, you know, I had a few weeks to get over 1,000 subscribers. So the first 1,000 subscribers, it took me a year more or less to get there. Yeah, yeah. And um, and after this, it kind of you know increased a little, increased a little, and then there is you know uh, the the YouTube algorithm is still a bit mysterious to me, but I, I got a few videos that got you know picked up in the algorithm, yeah. and from there it kind of uh, went up. Right. So you you didn't put too much effort in like playing with the titles. Trying no, to... no, no. This I, I'm bad with that, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't really manage to uh, to do that properly. Even today, I just mm -hmm. like really for the for the YouTube part. I'm just showing what I do, and yeah. and, uh, yeah. and and you yeah. know, do footage that I enjoy shooting and that I enjoy editing. That's kind of my um, my baseline. Yeah. And and how do you keep the motivation? Because if you in the first year you didn't have. I mean, you had definitely some traction, but maybe not a lot. Why did you just kept because you loved sharing with your friends and having that footage? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's a bit, um, you know, sharing with with people, with family, and also like I, I I don't really enjoy filming. I definitely hate all the production part, which means <laughs> publishing yeah. the video pushing the video on Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah, what I yeah. really like doing is the part of editing. When you just have the footage and you put yeah. music and you find a way to tell a story out of the footage you have. So that's the part I really enjoy doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a, a creative thing. So sometimes I manage to edit like three episodes in a week and sometimes it takes me three weeks to do one uh, because, you know, I just don't get yeah. the 
the inspiration so yeah. so yeah great and, and you have uh, great editing skills and also great musical taste because i've i've taken a lot of cool songs thank from, you. <laughs> from your movies and uh, what thing, thanks yeah definitely um so you also decided not to use patreon or anything there was a video in specific that you i think yeah. you, that you say okay i want to use ads i don't use patreon and i want to i kind of understand why you you didn't want to ask people for money directly how did that work out like do you regret that decision no not really so it's not asking people for money that i don't want to because it's something i've done uh at the end of last year you know when i was struggling with the mini project i needed yeah. some uh, some money and there i asked my uh, community which uh answered like in a great way and i am super happy with that uh -huh. and super thankful uh with that because um you know lots of people gave me a hand and keep on giving me a hand so that's amazing um so for particular projects like this like look i'm struggling i need money for this particular thing this i have no problem with what i don't want to is have a patreon where which is kind of a bound or something where you say right. i will like be producing video exactly. yeah exactly uh I, I do videos because I enjoy editing, because I enjoy showing, you know, what I'm doing on the water. I enjoy showing a different side of sailing because yeah. I think there isn't many, um, to my knowledge at least, many channels which speak about, you know, people who really work from being skippers and who really also uh, show the racing side of things. Yeah, definitely. So that's something I'm enjoying uh, showing, but I don't want this to become, oh, I have to do a video. I do videos yeah. because I have time, because I enjoy it, because, but it's not something uh, mandatory. And so yeah. if, I, if I start receiving money to make videos, it, this will change. And so far, I don't want that to change. I, I totally understand what you mean. I, I feel the same. Um, so, okay, so at this point, you, you've been doing your job as a skipper, sailing around in Annale, and and then you decide, okay, I want to go into racing, right? Yeah. And so you, you did a bunch of, like, uh, team racing as well, but then you yeah. decide to go to the Transat, and the trans yeah. uh, which is like a solo boat. How was this process because i guess for this you need more money right uh like how much money do i actually don't even know like do you need a lot of money to start with to get the boat how does that work first uh i decided to switch from cruising to racing just because i wanted to um you know become a better sailor get better at you know just the the the, the pure um concept of of uh, racing of uh you know when you race, you try to push your boat and yourself yeah. to the maximum. So that was what I wanted to uh, achieve by getting into racing. So I started joining, um, uh, you know, kind of day races, coastal races where I was not paid. Um, these just to get experience. At some point, I got enough experience where I got hired by uh, the Clipper race to be first mate. So mm -hmm. that was great because wow. I could carry on, um, you know, building experience and getting a little bit of money out of it. Um, and and then the mini transat, it's really something. Uh, the mini transat is super famous. Maybe not so much in other countries, but in France, yeah. it's like yeah. really really big. So for example, the last Vendée Globe, out yeah. of the 33 skippers, I think 19 or 18 did the um, yeah. did the mini transat before. 
oh, really? uh, at some point of you know when they were young. And one question: the mini transat yeah. is also around the world now. Mini no, no, no. It's a, it's a trend, transatlantic. Yeah, France okay. to Caribbean. Right. Okay, sorry. It it was a, a dream from since a, a long time. Yeah. But at the beginning, it was like, oh, that's something amazing, but I will never be able to to do it. And then it becomes something like, ah, oh, might you know. Yeah. I, I need to build a project. Maybe I can do this. And then it became like, okay, how do I build this project? And so that was when I was doing the Clipper race. Um, that was kind of my next project. Mm -hmm. And just because, you know, the uh, Clipper race got suspended and uh, because of COVID, etc., etc., mm -hmm. it just, it didn't change my plan. It just like made this project happen a few months, months earlier. So in July instead of September. But it's right. just, you know, a few months difference. And, uh, and yeah, the idea of, uh, of the mini transat, basically for, there is two kind of profiles who are doing the mini transat. The guys doing a kind of adventure project. So they do it on mm -hmm. all the boats and, um, and it's more for, for the adventure, you know, their, their target, their objective is to get onto the other side. Right. I have a project which is a bit more uh, competitive, so I, I, I say, I'd say like half of the fleet or 40% of the fleet have a competitive project and the, the other 50% have an adventure project. Right, right. And um, so a bit competitive project, you need a newer boat, you need a bit more, you know, material, newer yeah. sales, all this, so it, it costs a bit more. So an adventure project would cost, you need a budget around, around like 30 to 40,000 uh, euro for, um, okay. for two years. And for me, uh, on the competitive project, is more in between 70, 80 and 100,000 uh, wow. euro. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, that's a bit the, 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 the budget. And, uh, and there is different ways of, uh, of doing this. Do you need the budget immediately or can it be in phases? Exactly. For me, in my case, I, I did not have the budget to uh, buy the boat. So I chose the option to rent the boat. So ah. this way it's more expensive than buying the boat, but at least you don't need all the money from the beginning. So what I did was um, with my savings, with the, you know, kind of 25, 30, yeah, 25,000 uh, euro I had on my bank account, on my, right. all my savings, I put them into renting the boat for the first year and into, uh -huh. you know, starting racing. So register to the races, uh, do my qualification, um, everything yeah. for the first year, basically. Do you and get the price, money price if you win? Nah. No. Nothing. Okay. So the you only get, paycheck uh, you'd get is from sponsors? Uh, it's not even a paycheck. So, for example, for me now, I uh, I get uh, money from a sponsor, but that's kind of the 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 recurring budget of the of the project so it right. it goes to paying the boat paying the registration to the races paying uh you know for material for all these but you need to eat the, right you need to well at the moment like yeah. all the all all i'm not getting a salary all the money that i need to leave is out of my pocket still and i still work wow. you know here and there um uh -huh. to uh to finance my living okay so yeah so you so, you are like trying to be you know compete and and probably to win which is it takes a long long time to train and so on 
Plus, you still have to be worried on like I need to eat. So sometimes you just do some, you know, uh, skipper gigs and this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like for example, uh, on uh, on Saturday I'm starting a course. Uh, I'll be teaching for a week. Yeah. So that's for the, the kind of jobs I'm doing. Okay. Okay. Um, is it? I guess you definitely like this solo racing and and solo endeavor. But is it, does it get lonely uh, to be the only one focusing? On all of this, you have to worry about money, YouTube, racing. Um, Does it get lonely? Um, not lonely. It's definitely exhausting. So because you're 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 your own. Um, so you're the skipper, but you're also your own uh, media man, um, technical person, uh, project manager, <laughs> media yes. uh, relation, uh, accountant, everything. So. It's definitely exhausting. It's not lonely because uh, I see it as a great way to uh, learn more and to um, and to to you know kind of see every aspect of the job because the mini transat project you know it's two years. Uh, in September now I have the transat, which means that in uh, early November I'm in Guadeloupe. Uh, at the finish, and then one month after the boat is back in uh, in Europe, I give it yeah. back to the owner, and I'm going to go on to probably another project, another racing project. Yeah. And I know that this next project, I don't want it to be again all by myself because it's it's really exhausting. You know, I don't okay. have like for example, uh, yesterday I went to 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 do a surf session with my friends. Yeah. Been ages. I hadn't I hadn't had time to just for myself, just go kite surfing or surfing or, you know, do something else than project management and sailing uh, for the for the mini. So um, it's a great way. It, it's definitely exhausting, but it's only two years. You know, it's an investment of my time. So for the next project, if I find, you know, sponsors, a sponsor to carry on and, and get a boat uh, to do the, the Vendée Globe, for example, I'll know what it takes to do all these jobs yeah. so i'll be able yeah. to work with other people and manage other people doing those things is this so i, I was also listening to an interview of uh, peep hair which is uh, also a great sailor yep. and she performed in the uk Vende. yeah uk yeah. and she was saying that she was kind of also figuring out the money as they were going in the project so how is this job like do you ever get the salary a steady salary in as a sailor it's really hard. It's possible, but it's really hard. The big names, the big names, you know, the the Hugo Boss, the the Armel Lecléage, the all yeah. the big names in general, they'll have something figured out. Yeah. Uh, for everyone else, it's uh, it's tougher. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But it doesn't. So it's it's still what you want to do, uh, or do you have other goals besides sailing? in the future um i don't know i have um there's many ways also to do sailing there is not only racing i don't think i'll go back to full time i mean i i've never done full time uh charter but right. you know charter here and there is okay but it's it's not so fulfilling for me so it's either racing or there is also lots of cool project. I'm in touch with uh, Sea Shepherd. I'll probably try to do some uh, some work with them next year. 
Cool. Um, that's things that interest me and that you're still on the water, you're still on the ocean, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also doing something else. But uh, that's also maybe a, a, for a little bit after. Uh, I definitely want to, I mean, the, the big goal, of course, is the Vendée Globe. Of course. So either it's 2024 or 2028. But yeah, that would be really cool to build a project, a Vendée Globe project, um, yeah. just to tick this off the list. And, uh, and that would be, yeah. Yeah. Good adventure. It's, it's crazy, crazy <laughs> adventure. Um, just one, one last question from, from my side regarding then your, you just nailed the sponsorship from uh, SVB, right? Yep. Correct. Uh, how did, did you reach to them? Did they reach to you? How was this? So, so yeah, basically, uh, I started this, you know, working on this mini transat project uh, late uh, 2019. Um, I started sending emails about that time and uh, early, early 2020. So last year when COVID hit, I was uh, I was in the Philippines for two months uh, looking okay. after, after the boats of the Clipper race. So mm. not much to do else than, uh, you know, when I finished work, there was nothing. I was locked in a, in a room. So I, I, I sent like thousands and thousands of emails i did so many you know uh mailing and phoning people and stuff and the one the one company i did not write to was svb (laughs) and they're the one who wrote to me and uh and who were interested about the project and everything and uh and from that point onward uh you know i i presented them the project and uh and we find a way to collaborate which is uh, which is amazing but uh but yeah it's great that they came to me because otherwise yeah. uh, maybe i would still be looking for uh someone <laughs> yeah and it definitely takes the stress a little bit of the stress out of your shoulders um yeah well at the point so they they reached out to me in um january i think this year mm-hmm. and we started to talk a bit more in february and it was really the time where my 25000 euro were gone like mm-hmm. all my savings were gone. Oh. Uh, I was starting to use the, the money I got from the crowdfunding I did. Yeah. Uh, but I knew I only had like three more months out of this money. Right. And after it was over. So I had everything. I was qualified for the mini transat. Uh, I had all the miles. I had, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from April onward, I, I would have had no more money to carry wow. on with the project. Getting it close. So, yeah, so yeah it was uh, it was a bit stress. That that was uh, stressful. That was like a bit yeah. like I'm ticking all the boxes. Everything is fine, but I'm still not finding money. So that was hard. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but they came they came around and they a uh, super cool, yeah. uh, you know, uh, partner to work with because they. They're helping me a lot with all the expertise they have, but, you know, uh, boat stuff and parts and everything. Um, they know, you know, they they uh, sponsored before the Youth Americas Cup, uh, the Team Germany. So they know a lot uh, in, the, in their sector. And uh, so it's uh, it's amazing working so, with yeah. them. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. Yeah. Hugo, thank you so much. I don't want to take more of your time. No, I no will, worries. I will link in the description your YouTube channel. Uh, and what else? Well, you you can tell me. I will link every link that uh, points to yeah, you. Yeah, no, no worries. YouTube channel anyway. It's uh, on all the platforms. So Instagram, uh, YouTube, Facebook. I'm uh, under the tag at uh, the same Frenchman. So that's pretty yeah. to, easy to find. And uh, yeah, just uh, check out the videos and uh, and on Instagram. 
plenty of stuff to do. Uh, I also have a website where there is lots of information there. So yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you so much. Again, I'm a big fan. It was really crazy to to meet you, and I wish you all the luck for uh, your next projects. Well, thank you so much to you too. And this was another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur. If you're a first-time listener, I would recommend you to go to the first episode. It's called The Pilot, and I explain what I'm doing here in this podcast. If you want to support this podcast, I don't use ads, so you can just buy me a coffee. The link will be in the description of this episode. Thank you very much, and see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.